0: This podcast is sponsored by AdTran. AdTran knows the challenges of managing a robust subscriber network. That's why they built Mosaic One, a single interface to view the network from end to end. Schedule a demo today by visiting adtran.com mosaic one.
1: Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm an editor here at Light Reading.
0: I'm Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading as well. Not as good as Kelsey, but I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hello, I'm Ed Fox from Mattel. I'm Chief Technology Officer at Mattel. Welcome, Ed. Thanks for having me today, Phil.
0: Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, glad to have you. We've uh, talked to you a number of times over the years uh, for various different things. Metel is a uh, uh, Mostly caters to businesses, I think, and has like all kind, you know, kind of does everything, doesn't it, in, in the New York area?
2: Yes. So we, we have our, our headquarters is in Manhattan. We have offices throughout the country, uh, and we focus primarily on on large business, I'll say, large enterprise. Um, but we have about six thousand unique customers, uh, and um, we've recently made uh, great progress in the federal space. Uh,
0: yeah, our government does buy lots and lots of technology from lots and lots of companies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm allowed to say about that. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So, yeah, we have a couple of things to ask you about, um, you know, because of your, uh, point of view, you know, and where your uh, where your customers are. Um, it's, it, it's interesting to get your perspective on a couple of things. Um, uh, Kelsey, I'll, I'll let you, Take first question. I have an I have an enterprise messaging obsession, but let's let's hold on to that for a second. Let's go ahead and ask <laughs> yeah, something we'll a little more, a little more networking, a little more light reading oriented. <laughs>
1: uh, so, Ed, good to talk to you today. Uh, wanted to hear from you if there were any um, challenges that Mettel or your customers faced in extending SD WAN services over to home networks, and and kind of what that's looked like over the past few months.
2: But it's been interesting times uh, as of late, for sure. Uh, you know, we we've primarily been a, a Velo Cloud and, and VMware SD-WAN shop, um, as you guys know, um, and we, we've we have had struggles uh, with with the home office for sure. Um, you know, uh, we've done a lot of. Uh, I will say that our VPN service on our cloud firewall. Um, went through a tremendous fire drill <laughs> back in the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and thankfully we had all the uh, the availability and hardware and uh, the ability to spin up VNFs very quickly to support our customers and users. Um, so that 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 has uh, surprisingly held up, um, you know, during the pandemic uh, and been the way that most of our Clients have uh, satisfied their home needs. Uh, we had a lot of customers that had their own VPN concentrators as well, um, and w- you know, in some cases, we had to help them with uh, some different routing uh, around to get to those concentrators, depending where they were. Um, but extending SD-WAN to the home, we've done it sparingly, um, not as much as you would have you would have thought. Uh, I, I do think as we come out of uh, the pandemic and more people come back to work, I think I do think that uh, a lot of the, our customers' IT groups, and, and I hear this from them, you know, when we speak to them, um, they'll, they'll when they get to take their breath, um, you know, they're going to be looking for solutions that are that they've kind of um, templated, I'll say, with SD-WAN, uh, and I think I think it plays into the whole sassy model as well. Um, so I, I think there's there's a, a, there's a point of inflection happening with that whole sassy model, the SD-WAN model, the work from home model, the mm-hmm. old VPN. Those are all coming together, uh, and and it's interesting to see. I do think that a lot of our customers went out and bought technology, uh, and it, you know, with their hair on fire <laughs> when everyone went home. Right. And and I I think as we, as we come back to the office, there's going to be big decisions that need to be made. You know, I chose this cloud VPN provider or SASE provider mm-hmm. for my work at home guys, but um, you know, whatever it may be, a Fortinet, a Palo Alto shop, um, back in my data center. And I use metal SD WAN, who, you know, what, where do we, where, where do we find a happy medium there? Um, I, I think a lot of that, uh, you know, the SASE and the, the cloud VPNs, I'll call them, um, I think those will start to permeate into the, uh, the enterprise mm-hmm. um, as, as we move back. I think it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting um, from a competitive landscape, you know, for, for you guys too, really interesting. It's going to be great, great to cover, I think. Um, from our perspective, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, as a managed service provider – Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we give our customers what they want and, you know, we can help them through whatever, uh, whatever troubles or tasks or issues that they're having. So we're out there making sure that we become as familiar as possible with those, uh, cloud type VPN, um, sassy as, you know, Gartner's termed it. I
0: have a, I have a naive sounding (laughs) follow-up, Kelsey, bear with me, (laughs) but it's, Strange for me to hear that people are having trouble getting SD WAN all the way to the home because wasn't the whole appeal of SD WAN maybe it's too expensive but wasn't the whole appeal of it like that you can for a relatively low cost like add on and unify all these branches and make it you know make it look like one big network and and why wouldn't that also extend out to maybe it's a perspective thing like like you're talking about thousands of homes versus just a you know, handful of regional branches is that is that kind of why it's a problem?
2: So, so from my perspective, what we saw was yes, it's easy to do, and we were offering to do it. And and I think a lot of our bigger customers were like, hey, I, I don't know where we end up in this. I, I don't know, you know, how many people I'm going to have to, you know, unfortunately lay off. Or right. so there was a lot of uh, trepidation about extending the network to home. And then also it was the IT departments, believe it or not, didn't want to do it because now I have to deal with, you know, Joe's cable modem um, yeah. and, and help him. And all of a sudden I'm in his home network. Um, so that's, those are some of the things that we saw that really surprised us. You know, in a lot of cases are a uh, the, the companies that were really focused on extending their network wanted to go buy another circuit for the customer. Interesting. Yeah.
0: It is interesting to me that that, that, that took that shape as opposed to, you know, um, just sort of people saying like, well, you know, this is the SD-WAN we bought for the, the office. Let's right. just add, let's just, everybody's a branch now. So we're just adding branches, you know, or whatever.
1: That's a great question. And something I was kind of wondering about too, when this started was, oh, I thought that would be an easy... Transition, but it, it sounds like there's um, there were a lot new concerns, like you mentioned, Ed, just with the home network and um, different bandwidth speeds, and, and having to um, address different security concerns.
2: I'm picturing one of my larger customers that we spent countless hours on the phone trying to architect where the where the Velo our, our in our case the SD WAN edge for Velo mm-hmm. where it would go in the customer's network. Is it allowed to go on their Wi-Fi? Does it go before their Wi-Fi access point? Mm-hmm. What if they just use the cable modem as the Wi-Fi? It was almost mind-numbing to the detail that we had to get to to for, for something that you know they wanted to support. And in the end, what they did was just go with the VPN.
1: How well you mentioned, um, you know, our that fun term, sassy <laughs> secure <laughs> access service edge. Uh, how well do you feel like your customers understand that and? Um, are they readily adopting it? And what, what is deployment looking like there?
2: Yeah. So f- I have a funny story about that. Um, a we sassy had a- story? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> don't, don't. <Yeah. laughs> I'm going
1: to be <mute> it myself now.
2: <laughs> um, you know, I, I was on a call with many of our, our large clients um, and just to get their feedback, started addressing Sassy and you know what they thought of it, and started talking about the different um, security features and functionality that make up the stack. And and it was blank stares and no interaction whatsoever. And I, I quickly had to you know change topics right away and mm-hmm. tap dance around it. Um, but and then I'll say within three minutes we had a discussion about how they were. And they offered this up without me asking how they were all going to Zscaler to get their end users to the cloud. I think out there, even with our biggest clients, there's a lot of uh, confusion around what SASE is and what it consists of. And, you know, and then just, you know, like like a will use Zscaler again, just like a Zscaler product where you're using it as a cloud service. Mm. Um, So I think to answer your question, ton of confusion from my perspective, part of what we do at Mettel is, is, particularly for our larger enterprises, we're a strategic advisor slash MSP, and we, we kind of help them through this. Uh, and I think that's going to be our role here. And within the next year, um, everything in on that front, uh, pandemic related or not, is is moving very fast. Mike and I uh, are our communications um director work very closely with a lot of these other companies and trying to figure out our story and their stories and put them together to help our customers through the journey
1: yeah that's interesting I'm not maybe not too surprised <laughs> just since it is still you know a relatively new term and it's bringing together security and networking um and yeah I can I can see how it would be a little bit confusing and you know throwing just another acronym at people is difficult yeah
0: that's what i was going to say is i wonder if people like they they're obviously security minded but i just don't know if they think of it in the same terms that the industry wants to kind of you know quantify it or or, or measure it yeah um i i do know that to kind of get closer to the enterprise end user thing um One of the things that's been proliferating, um, you know, in our company and others are messaging apps, but more importantly, things like, I don't know what you call things like Microsoft Teams and Slack. Um, We used to call them messaging apps, but they're they, they do a lot more than that now. <laughs> They're kind of like my, I, wish they'd I mean, make that's, me
1: coffee and a snack.
0: Yeah, I know. It's become like my, my, <laughs> my, my console. It's, 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 what I, really it's what I, it's, it's got everything that we do right there together. Um, but one of the things I I've noticed about this, I've heard other people remark on it. I'd love to get your opinion and, you know, kind of what you've observed, but it's kind of Microsoft teams has kind of become my, from the enterprise point of view, like my default phone provider. And I never would have guessed that a couple of years ago, I always thought it, you know, I was a heavy cell phone user and always have been, but now that I'm not as mobile and I'm sitting at the desk, you know, staring at teams all day um, and and cat videos, but let's just talk about the teams. I'm I'm making lots and lots of calls because I'm I'm able to just comfortably you know switch time zones, switch countries, and it doesn't seem to matter. You know, as long as they're in my enterprise, I can connect to them straight away. Are are your customers uh, doing more of that, and especially in the pandemic? And then secondarily, does that does that does that make you cry yourself to sleep at night because you're not getting long, long distance and, oh, no. and mobile chargebacks <laughs> and all those other great things that come with being a phone company? <laughs> I'll, I'll refrain
2: from answering the latter. Okay, you don't have to. You don't have to get into that kind of detail. But, but uh, yeah, it is. It, it's amazing. Um, and Teams is is you know seems to be the the king of the mountain now, right? Internally, I can say that we've gone through that that journey pretty quickly as well. I was a um, stout you know desk phone user at my office, and I haven't picked up my desk phone you know since last March. Wow. Um, we were we were able to uh, voice enable our teams so we can reach the PSTN and the PSTN can reach us pretty quickly, which was great uh, because it gave us the ability to service our customers in that fashion as well. Do for sure see all of our customers doing something with Teams, and it's funny. I was on the phone with a very large global client just recently, and they were asking our advice on teams and, and where to go and we, we provide them sip trunks to one of their bigger PBX's, not all of them. and they were trying to figure out, okay, you know we have WebEx and we think it's better but we can't stop teams. How can you guys help us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's pretty interesting. So for, I mean for them we're, we're trunking into teams for them. we're trunking into uh-huh. WebEx for them and you know some of their standalone other PBX's, uh, and giving them the ability to move a phone number wherever they want to receive the calls. It, it almost seems to me that when we, you know, when the, everyone starts coming back to the office, there's not only that VPN discussion, but there's also, where do you want your, where do you want your external calls to come right. from? Um, and, and how do you want to handle them? And and I think that's going to be a big change. and I, I think enterprises that can give their users the option, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, Cause that's what we're, we're seeing so, some of the customers love teams and they're all in some of them say, Hey, I, you know, some of us don't even like it, but we got to support it. Yeah. So it's interesting. And we, we have a lot of traffic going to teams and, you know, teams just had a big outage on Monday. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but PBX service was down. So, yeah. you know, I, that's going to play heavily into, you know, decision makers coming back into the office as well.
0: I think that's an interesting dynamic because we're we're sort of in this space of, um, it proves that great rule in technology where it's like, if you can do enough things well enough, people will use it, you know, because I mean, <laughs> cell phones kind of did that. It's like, well, it wasn't a landline call. It never sounded as good as a landline call, but it was good enough. And then you had the mobility, eh, you know, you'll get over it, you know, kind of a thing. And uh, in fact, I think <laughs> I think sometimes there, there are certain phone companies that half their customers are probably thinking that at any given, in any given moment. But um, <laughs> the, the thing about the way we've changed the way we've communicated, you know, so many people are hooked on Zoom and Teams and things that are just sort of, you don't. Know, look for somebody's phone number anymore you just dial up or you just if you know their zoom code you can just hop into a room with them you know kind of a thing um that that's a completely different dynamic surely that'll change at some point but yeah trying to unify large group you know enterprise groups and getting them back into doing things one way i think will be uh it might be challenging um but it also might give companies such as yourself maybe a uh an opportunity to articulate a preferred way of doing things or something like that. Because I I will say this about zoom and teams and all of the video conference sort of ilk is that they probably have as many detractors as they do defenders. And it's usually comes down to whatever their experience on the quality has been. Like some people have like a magnificent experience on the quality and some people have a terrible one. And I, I always think back to like, yeah, this sounds like cell phones all over again. And, and, it really was better, you know, when we, ha- when we all had, you know, desk phones, I mean, it, could, it was very predictable what you would get at the, de- at the, at the, desk phone, but there I go sounding old again, Kelsey say something. So I don't sound so old.
1: <laughs> I, w- I was just thinking back to, to when, um, I, uh, as a teenager got my dad's car and he had a, a cell phone link, you know, built into the <laughs> that he'd installed yeah, in the car the and my friend would call himself on his he would use that phone to call his cell phone because he thought it was funny i, don't know. I was like <laughs> we still have to pay for this like stop making random phone
0: calls i had a proper proper car phone with uh what was it like a one, 115 a minute or something <laughs> Some probably reasonable it was price. Like,
1: yeah it was massive
0: <laughs> holy cow big
1: old brick <laughs>
0: that's fantastic yeah um uh, yeah, one more messaging related thing I wanted to ask you about, um, Ed was the, j- just, uh, how people have used, uh, this is messaging of all sorts, but how people have, uh, you know, started using messaging in ways that maybe they didn't before because of the pandemic. So one of the things that's happened, you know, in, in my life is like, I noticed that I'm texting businesses now and I'm not texting an individual. It's usually a bot or an order machine or something, but it's like I'm confirming appointments, it's, uh telling them i'm close by um you know them telling me my order is almost ready you know go ahead and leave the house you know that kind of thing i wonder is that sort of stuff here to stay and and uh what is your point of view from you know from a, a managed service provider about how enterprises are kind of maybe changing the way they consume com- consume and deliver communications you know based on this sort of trend
2: i think all those that were successful at it will continue those that weren't won't <laughs> Right. you you probably know this from your personal experience. I mean, there, there's some that are not very good at this. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple that will
0: text me. Uh, yeah. They, they, they don't know when to text me. They're just like, hey, we're
2: awake. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not thinking about you right now. I'm, I'm doing other yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, from our perspective, that, you know, this is a functionality that we've we've had in the network for a while, and we've been out there pushing the quote unquote digital transformation story um, with our customers. I, I think this pushed it along, you know, at, at a much faster pace. And I, I do think this is one of those technologies where second wave is going to happen very quickly. Here, you know, everyone had to do something initially because of the you know state of affairs and. Um, you know, they couldn't get to their customers. Now, I think as we come out of this, the second wave is gonna get much smarter and you know, they're gonna have, you know, the old adage, you don't learn how to do it right till you do it wrong. (laughs) You know, I I think they, you know, all those customer facing businesses, they just had to do something, and you know, even if they had to get something done, we have some technologies and some underlying partners that do a lot of AI focused around different things. Like one of our most successful is scheduling. So we have a you know conversational AI uh, that's natural language processing, and and it's really hyper focused on scheduling. So you could say to it things like. Hey, how about the third Thursday from next week? And, and it knows exactly what you're talking about, and you know keeps a profile on the individual as well. And you know, I, I know you like Thursdays, so you know we have two Thursday, You know, Thursday the 24th open at four o'clock. Um, so those type of things, I, I think you'll. See, I think we'll see those things uh, happen much more quickly. And we're seeing it from our side. We're seeing our customers come to us for that type of digital transformation technology, as well as a lot of automation, too. You know, there's always this, you know, whenever you talk to a true AI or machine learning person, you know, uh, we learn this the hard way. 95% of what we talk about that we think is AI is just automation. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Our our
0: readers uh, correct us every chance they get. It's it's. it's (laughs) Quite charming. We yeah. love them to death. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah those uh, those terms do get uh,
0: well. Actually, okay, okay. I I, I just don't even. Okay, start. boomer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I d- I do love that. Um, those scheduling AI though, because it's just so much. To- I don't know, I just, it, it gives me like anxiety being on the phone with someone and being like, oh, sorry, actually that time doesn't work. Do you have yeah. any time here? And you're just going back and forth. Like, and
0: Oh, I'm continually disappointing this person.
1: Right? How, yeah. how must
0: they feel about me? Yeah. Even though that's, you
1: know, maybe their job is to, to schedule appointments, but you're just like, oh right. man, I... I can't a, make any of the times like a, you've offered me. And and then you yeah. <laughs> you know a week later you gotta cancel anyway, because something comes up. Like you <laughs> yeah. gotta shampoo your hair right
0: then. It's much much easier to cancel via text or via bot or whatever. Right. Than yeah, is. when so, it's a robot. <laughs> yeah, you're right about automation though. It's like it it is kind of creeping into our communications, but also into our kind of consumer lives. And I have to believe that's gonna just continue to accelerate on the enterprise side as well. So, some of these same things that set in into motion deliveries drop offs and things like that will just be extended to moving processes along within you know within enterprise organizations when people kind of come back to work you know back in offices and back in warehouses
2: full time i agree and we see that from our we see that from a large portion of our customers already
0: I think we're going to have to leave it there. We're running uh, run, running right up against it on timing, but Ed, we will definitely have you back. We do appreciate your insights and uh, hope you're uh, staying safe and well there in Manhattan. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me today, guys. Yeah,
1: thanks, Ed. Have a black and white cookie for us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you got it. I'll have two, one for each of you. Oh, okay. oh there we go. Thanks. <laughs>
0: This podcast is sponsored by AdTran. AdTran knows the challenges of managing a robust subscriber network. That's why they built Mosaic One, a single interface to view the network from end to end. Schedule a demo today by visiting adtran.com mosaic one.